people, we have a traitor in our midst. Let this be a lesson to all of you. Hello, welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from my brand new studio setup in the Bay Area. We're semi-official now. We've got a studio space. Super excited about today's episode because it was my first in-person guest interview. For today's very special episode of Exodus, I had Corporate Bro on. Corporate Bro runs a very popular Instagram account and YouTube channel. Follow him on Instagram at corporate.bro. The dude makes hysterical content about the sales grind, working in tech, shit that really resonated with me as I used to be a salesperson here in the Bay Area before I took up this whole writing, podcasting thing full time. We've been circling each other for a few weeks and he finally had an afternoon free. So Corporate Bro came over. He was only about five minutes away from me and we broke down the very famous episode of Entourage in which Ari gets fired and Mandy dumps Vince. Super fun conversation. I'm still getting used to the audio levels, the microphone, the background noise, all that good stuff. So a little patience, please. Thank you. Tomorrow, I have massive guests coming over to the studio to interview in person. So be on the lookout for a big episode in the future. Thank you for everyone who has left five-star reviews. The reviews have been so positive. Thank you to everyone that's reached out from other countries. Shout out to the listeners in Argentina and Australia who have reached out in the past week. So fucking cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, going global. Special thanks to Bro Bible, everyone there who's just been super supportive and helping me push this thing out. Thanks to everyone that's following the social media accounts, at oh yeah Pod. Lots of fun stuff on the way, guys. We have one more episode left in season two of Entourage, then we're going to do a special week of Entourage-related content for the 15-year anniversary, and then we are right back on the wagon with season three. Happy Pride weekend to everyone. My wife has been out of town for the past 10 days. She has been in Cannes, France, or is it Cannes? Who knows? But she wasn't there pitching a movie. She was there for what's essentially the biggest advertising meeting, gathering, convention in the world. So looking forward to having her back. Maybe she ran into Johnny Drama when she was on the beach. Awesome episode this week. Corporate Bros, hilarious. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you next Monday. All right, I am joined by Instagram and YouTube sensation Corporate Bro, who's taking time from his busy job slinging software and closing deals in Silicon Valley to come talk with us about Entourage. Corporate, welcome to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. Thank you, thank you, my dude. Good to be here. Dude, this is our first in-person interview. We're in my studio in San Francisco. I'm still working out the chainsaw. Apologies about any background noise anybody might be hearing. Also, studio is a bit of a liberal word, isn't it? It's pretty sick, but you should put the flashlight away. (laughs) Corporate, um, super excited to have you on. This is a great episode to have you on because, spoiler alert, Ari gets let go in this episode. I would love to hear your opinions. You've gone through quite the the, uh, career trajectory out here in the corporate world, so... Looking forward to diving in deep with uh with your experience with the show. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Before we do that, like, so so, what's your relationship with Entourage? What uh, what did you uh, what was it like growing up watching it? Well, I think, like many millennials, I was watching it in college, and I was actually in L.A. You know, when I was watching this, it's where I really developed my passion for weed, and uh, <laughs> really spent most of my time getting high and watching Entourage, binge watching Entourage as much as I could, kind of believing that one day I could be. You know, really any of those guys, I would have taken uh, drama at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, there's a little nostalgia going back and watching it. 
because I'm like, shit, yeah, this kind of defined a period of my life. I, your story is so similar to so many listeners of the show and so many fans of the show, but you did it. You were in LA. Like you were, you were closer than most people. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I wasn't quite living the same life. Um, didn't quite have the same smoking hot chicks. The drugs were there, um, but you know, we were all pretending at that point. We were like, "Yeah, let's let's go out in Hollywood, dude. It'll be sick." And then we stood in lines. You know, <laughs> spent two hundred dollars amongst the four of you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and we'd have like five dudes and one chick, and they'd only let two dudes and the chick in, and the rest of us be like, "All right, tight. We're gonna go get some food." Yep, in and out. <laughs> Here we come. Yep. Well, let's talk about. Season 2, episode 13, Exodus. Mm-hmm. I like to do a little bit of a time capsule type thing. So around this time in 2005, when this episode aired, a little company called Netflix, which had just been introduced six years prior, was ready to go public with a, with a box called the Netflix box. It was a piece of hardware that would have allowed customers to download movies overnight and watch them the next day. They'd acquired the movie rights, they designed the box and all the service features. But after discovering YouTube, which had just appeared on the scene four or five months ago, they realized that they needed to scrap the device and replace it with a streaming concept that was completed in 2007. Yeah, and you see Blockbuster making a big appearance in this episode. I try to make these little time capsule things pertinent. Blockbuster had an opportunity in 2000 when Netflix only had 300,000 subscribers to buy Netflix for $50 million. Blockbuster turned it down. Oops. (laughs) Netflix today. Ten years later, is reporting revenue of upwards of fifteen billion dollars a year. Sorry, Blockbuster. I guess that's good. <laughs> All right, Exodus. In this episode, Vince's feelings for Opera Girl intensify. But when Eric, Drama, and Turtle see her with her ex-fiance, the crew begin to worry for their friend. Drama and Turtle follow her to get photographic evidence of her infidelities, but their low-resolution camera phone pictures fail to convince their friend. Vince does ask her about her feelings, and she admits that she thinks that she needs to return to her former flame, leaving Vince devastated and ready to quit Aquaman. Ari's conflict with Terrence hits a boiling point, and when Ari attempts a coup, he winds up being fired from the agency. Corporate, what was your favorite moment from this episode? I live for the Ari moments. You know, the, the speech he makes when he comes into the office and he realizes he can't get back into his, you know, little room, and he's... Uh, he goes off and he says everything brilliantly. He's a fucking asshole, which I love. I, you know, sort of resonates with me. Um, but I got to say, like, his exit was great. You know, he didn't look like a little bitch getting out of there. You know, obviously he had his meltdown moment after the fact. Uh, but that's why Lloyd's there. In private in the parking garage. Yeah. Why not? That's, <laughs> I've had many meltdowns in many parking garages and, and you know, little stalls. And <laughs> Most of you are sitting there. And you're looking at this good-looking old man, and you're wondering, who the fuck is he? And you know what? That's exactly what you should be doing. You all know who's been running this company for the past eight years, and you all know that when I go, in no time, you will be repping nobodies like Bill from The Apprentice. No one needs to make a decision right now. I will be starting my own agency. Two very important goals will apply. To make everyone who is in at the ground floor rich and to burn this motherfucking place to the ground. I mean, you can't get a better, like, Braveheart speech from Ari Gold. No, and I would have thought more people would go with him at that moment. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of soft folks in Hollywood, despite what they, uh, what they like to portray. Job security is important. Yep. Uh, yeah, I would say that, that's one of my favorite scenes, too. And then let's fast forward. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with Ben Schwartz from Parks and Recreation, but 
his favorite scene and my favorite scene from this episode is Ari dancing to Once in My Life. Oh my God. This is fate. <laughs> He's destroyed drunk by drinking oh, yeah. a bottle of whiskey and uh he kind of kills it too. Yeah. He, he, he like can scenes. dance. Yeah. And well, Jerry, Jeremy Piven's been in Hollywood for like decades and uh it really shows and it was a nice positive moment in an episode that's pretty much all downer. Yeah, I mean but it's set in the stage, right? Yeah. I mean there's more seasons to come. Ari's about to go do his own thing. You know, puts puts his D on the table. We're gonna be seeing a lot more of it, you know, in the in the future episodes and future seasons. So honestly, it's it is a pivotal moment. But like, I'm still not feeling bad for Ari. You know, he's gonna come back. He's just everyone's got to have their I'm gonna be a little bitch moment. That yeah, 100. percent You you, you got to get knocked down and get back up, and that's what he does. And he and yeah, as you know, like he comes back stronger than ever and becomes by the end of the show. Spoiler alert, everybody! One of the main talent agencies in Hollywood. Every week we talked about our favorite bros being bros moments corporate. And this this is more just like a moment where you see the guys being a regular group of guys. There were a lot in this episode. Which ones jumped out at you specifically? You know, it's kind of an understated moment, but it's when they're on the couch watching uh, TV and <laughs> E gets in the way of the TV. And they're like, dude, get, get out of the fucking way. I'm trying. This is the best part. And I can't get Ari on the phone. It says his cell's been disconnected. Shut up. Move. Any of you guys have any idea where Vince might have his home number? No, shut up. Move. Call the agency. There's got to be a nighttime answering service. But I say to you here now. And that to me just felt like when I was watching Entourage. Someone walk in the room, in our dorm room, and they'd get in the way. Like, get the fuck out of the way. We're trying to watch the show. I don't care if you got some emotional shit to say or got something else. I'm trying to watch my show. So I felt like that was very real. I mean, the show really has a lot of these moments. But I just felt like that one was really understated. Just dudes watching TV on the couch. Super relatable. I, I liked a moment shortly after that where Vince comes in, breaks the news. Hey, Mandy and I are breaking up. And Turtle very earnestly is just like, are you mad at us for telling you that she was cheating on you? And Vince is like, no, I love you guys for telling me. Is that such a real moment? Are you mad at us for telling you? No, I love you guys for telling me. Anything we can do for you? Nah. I think every group of guys has experienced something like this. Where oh, yeah. we find out some bad shit about one of our guys, girls, and we don't know how to braid it to him because it puts the friendship in jeopardy. And uh, that was a real moment to me. And you could tell they were really concerned about the state of their friendship. And Vince was like, no, dude, you yeah. guys are the best. Bro code moment. For sure. Um, There's also a little moment that I liked after Ari's huge speech when he's walking out of the office with Lloyd. Lloyd tries to put his arm Oh, yeah, Ari's. he shakes it off. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, Ari goes on, let's be honest, he goes on some pretty homophobic rant sometimes, but it was just, you know, Ari's softening the Lloyd, but he's not there yet. He's yeah. like, kind of like, not now, Lloyd. And, you know, going back and watching this episode, you know, I obviously remember the relationship of Ari and Lloyd, and it's it's pretty fucked up, but oh, yeah. I love it, but I love yeah. it. I yeah. love it, and I don't think you can really get away with that stuff now. No. Like, I think people are very triggered about this stuff, so it just kind of takes me back to a time when comedy could be comedy. And people were still assuming best intentions. And yeah. it's not like this is perpetuating something. This is fucking television. Yeah. You know, and it's entertaining and it's witty and it's quick and it's it's funny. And at the time it made people laugh and it still makes people laugh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, let's actually take this moment to talk about Lloyd. He's been a fixture throughout the season, but I haven't really given him his due on this podcast because he's not done anything up until this point. This is Lloyd's first big kind of breakout moment episode speech. So... Lloyd is my Marvin Award for Best New Character this week. 
The actor Retz Lee, he was born in Ohio. He graduated from the Oberlin Conservatory of Music. He was studying to be a professional pianist, but he took a theater class in college and decided he wants to give that a shot. Breakout role was Lloyd Lee. Absolutely. Ari Gold's day assistant. He won an award for Outstanding Supporting Actor at the Asian Excellence Awards in 2007-2008. Fortunately for him, his career had a nice second win. He was a series regular on the first two seasons of the ABC sitcom Suburgatory. And in 2014, he had a starring role in the ABC family sitcom Young and Hungry. Honestly, like, one of my favorite characters just didn't did enough, like, burn in these first few episodes of season two, but uh, a fixture for the rest of the show. Absolutely. And he's my, he's my sixth man award. Oh, yeah. I mean, he oh. is. He comes in. He crushes it. He's a bro to Ari. He, he just, he understands that you got to wear it. Yeah. You just got to, you know, you're going to take a lot of shit to get to the top. And his inspirational speech in the car, I mean, that dude's the unsung hero of this entire series, as far as I'm concerned. All right. I worked 18 hours a day to save up the money to put myself through Stanford Business School. While I was there, I cleaned the cafeteria during the hours I wasn't studying and still graduated top of my class, only to take a job delivering mail to unappreciative, overpaid little cocksuckers. Then to finally get the big promotion that would allow me to answer your phones and be both racially and sexually harassed for the next nine months. But I know the end game. And you, Ari Gold, you are it. So stop your fucking whining and go into your gorgeous $3 million house with your beautiful goddess wife and figure out how you're going to make both of our lives happen tomorrow. That was a good speech, Lloyd. Yeah, if I was 25 and like cock, we could be something. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be okay, Lloyd. He puts up with so much. And, and you touched on something interesting where, like, maybe it's a di- the time difference. This episode aired 14 years ago. But he embodies, like, the generation of people that are like, okay, I'm going to just, like, ditch shit on for the next 10 years in order to achieve something better. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't mean to did, did all old man here. But I just don't know if that still exists in the workplace. Yeah. Where he's, people will just says, wear he's it. like, I have the I had the opportunity to come here and get sexually, what is he, like, <laughs> not sexually assaulted, but sexually insulted. Sexually in the uh, racially profile. Yeah, profile. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you did. You did. And you're owning it. And it is what it is. And then there's the moment where he's like, Ari, swear to me that you will never again say anything offensive to me about my race or my sexual orientation. I can't swear to that, but I promise I will always apologize after. That's how I roll, too. I'll apologize, but I'm going to say it. Just is what it is. Absolutely. So those are some of our favorite moments. Let's talk about our least favorite moments from the episode. I mean, this is a great episode overall, yeah. so there wasn't a ton, but what, what didn't you like about yeah. this episode? Uh, Vince kind of being like, you know, this might be it about Mandy. What if this is it for both of us? I think it's a little early for that. For both of us. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Bro, you're a Hollywood star. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, hot take here. Mandy's not looking that good in this episode. I'm just going to say it. I wonder if they did that on purpose. I, possibly. <laughs> I mean, you know, she has this moment where she leans in the car and yeah. says like, hey, E. Yeah. And I'm like, not doing it for yeah. me. Yeah. Just not doing it for me. Hey, E. Hey. How's Sloan? She's great. Tell her I said hi, okay? Yeah, definitely. Bye. The amount of smoking hot chicks they yeah. have in this show. Like, I know it's Mandy Moore and there's like some nostalgia to that. And I mean... I'm not saying I wouldn't, because I would. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for, for Vince, like, 
He's on the up and up. Yeah. He doesn't need to lock it down. Like, anything down right now. He's, I mean, I think he's supposed to be, like, 25 at this point in the show. But no 25-year-old dude needs to settle down, period. Much less an A-list movie star who's about to star in the biggest movie. After being with some chick for six months. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And I've said on this podcast, and we've talked about how the Mandy Moore plot isn't a bad plot. It's nice to see, like, like Vince kind of go through something that's a little different than Vince didn't get the movie. But it's kind of dubious to think like, oh, he's actually fallen so hard for this girl that he will give up his A-list career. That's a little much in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do love the celebrity cameos that they have throughout the entire show. I mean, yeah. it makes you kind of feel like this is woven into it, and they do a great job with that. But, you know, I, the Mandy thing, great to see, like you said, great to see her there. I'm just not quite buying the I'm all in from Vince. So my least favorite moment was, I guess there was two but Sloane and Eric are, are having like lunch or at, at Sloane's apartment, and Sloane is walking out of the room, and she throws like a passive aggressive oh, yeah. like chit line at him. Let me get she... serious. Still, I gotta tell him though. I mean, it sucks getting cheated on. Yeah, it does. So let's agree we'll never do that to each other, if we ever get serious. Oh, okay. If we ever get serious. Did I totally <laughs> just freak you out? No, of course not. I want to get serious. Come here. Yeah. Come on, Sloan. We know what you're doing, and and E responds as every man should do. He's like, no, don't worry about it. Like, but I, I've seen that I've seen that game thrown before. Like, it's that's it's, an obvious one, and some dudes will miss it. Yeah, and shame on them. Yeah, she like basically is like, here's an alley oop, just dump this home, and I'll I'll continue sleeping with you. Yeah, and, uh, and for Sloan, I mean, you know, big fan of Sloan. <laughs> who is who isn't a big fan of Sloan, man? I mean, she could be a sits man of the uh, sits man of the podcast every single episode. She could. Time she's on. I also didn't love the whole Brian song plot. Maybe because the movie's from, like, 1970 and it didn't really resonate with me as this, like, guy cry movie that, like, it did for so many other people. But just the whole plot of, like, them going to Blockbuster and finding out what movie she got, it just was, like, an entire waste of time. Like, it was just turtle and drama going off to do something. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I I noted as well. I mean, first of all, you can buy off any Blockbuster (laughs) employee ever. There is no way I can tell you what movie Mandy Moore rented. I would get fired. Are you joking? There's more where that came from. I value my job. I cannot be bought. Yeah, that was a little really? much. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, then they got to the skeezy guy. I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, whatever money you got, <laughs> yeah. I'll take. Like, so I was I'm, like, okay, I'm making $7.50 an hour right Yeah, now. exactly. Like, what are you, what are you saying? Yeah. Brian Song, 1971 ABC movie of the week, recounts the details of the life of Brian Piccolo, who was played by James Kahn at the time, a Chicago Bears football player stricken with terminal cancer after turning pro. And it's told through his friendship with his Bear teammate, Dale Sayers, played by Billy D. Williams. The production of this movie was such a success that it was later shown in theaters by Columbia Pictures. It had a major premiere in Chicago. Critics have called the movie one of the finest made-for-TV films ever made, and a 2005 reader's poll taken by Entertainment Weekly ranked Brian's song seventh in its list of the top guy-cry films ever made, which they ripped from Entourage. They took that like list from Entourage. Yeah, that part of the plot went right over my head. I was like, I know this is a reference to something. I have no fucking clue what it is. And even back, you know, 14 years ago, I had no clue what it was. So I was just kind of like, this is what it, some, this is something. And I hope a lot of people listening to this podcast are in the same boat because that's, this is the point of this podcast is to give a little bit more color and context to some of these references we may not have gotten when we were in our early 20s. Or our was that a black 18th. and white film? No. And I don't mean that racially. Was, <laughs> I'm serious. That, it was black and white film. I haven't watched any of those. <laughs> so like this reference, I mean, I don't know, maybe they got some older people watching this, but wasn't for me. Entourage is such a quotable show. We talk every week about our favorite lines. What were some lines that jumped out at you from this week? 
Oh, I mean the the line with Lloyd in the car. Yep. If I were, you know, 25 and liked cock, we might be something. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much wit in that relationship and so so much quickness. You know, it was to me it was just encapsulated their relationship and you know, Lloyd laughs it off, but I just it's just quick. And this episode is like the jumping off point for that relationship. Cuz up until that point, Ari had just kind of yelled at him and this was Lloyd kind of being there for Ari when Ari needed anybody to be there. And right. uh, it was nice. It was a nice moment. I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that relationship to the endearment coming uh, from Ari yeah. is shitting on Lloyd. Yeah. And Lloyd knows that like that type of relationship is, is actually positive. Yeah. I mean, he's probably the son that he never had. Well, actually, he did have a son. I don't know why he said that. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's my Ari and, and Lloyd line. Uh, Ari says, This envelope contains the names of eight agents. Anyone catches you, you eat it. Comprende? Nod if you understand what I'm saying. I understand. You can't just fucking nod? Lloyd, I want you to pledge your undying loyalty to me. All right. Listen, Lloyd, do you want to make it or do you want to fold shirts at a Chinese laundry? Now pledge. I pledge my undying loyalty to you. Okay. I want you to go to each of these agents discreetly say the words Tsitsi Fly. Tsitsi Fly for some reason still resonates. I say to people, oh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Exodus today, season two, episode 13. Like, Which episode is that? And I go, it's Tsitsi Fly. Is that what you remembered from this episode? Yeah, I mean, why else would you ever say that? <laughs> like, like it's kind of just burned into our brains as yeah. like this mutiny you're, ever, you're coming with type, you know, secret society I, I don't even know what it means. A tsetse fly is a, it's a large biting fly that like passes on disease. It's from like tropical Africa. So I guess it's like, <laughs> hey, we're going we're gonna to take all of our clients and they're going to take them with us or something? Like, Yeah, we're, I'm going to pass this mutiny plague to my yeah. colleagues and we're going to bounce out of here. Or basically, no, we're going to suck the blood out of this agency and then we're going to leave with it. I, nah. think, I think that's probably nah, what it That's probably for. more likely. Um, one more. I mean, it's not super socially acceptable, but... Ari Gold yelling at the the valet. Ernesto, how many fucking pesos did I give you for Christmas? Huh, Ernesto, every Christmas for the past decade. Half of Mexico is eating on my tips that I have given you. Now bring my motherfucking car now. Por favor. Sorry, Mr. Gold, I can't do it. Or Mr. Gold, I'm from Guatemala, and our currency is the quetzal. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great moment. It's an Ari moment. Oh, for sure. And it still, it still works. Uh, you know. It still works. In my opinion, it still works. I'm sure somebody out there wants to stab me right now, but For sure. it works. So Entourage is a very musical show. The music that we love from the show is kind of resonates. It kind of shaped my musical taste when I was in my 20s. And there are a lot of good songs in this episode. Uh, what songs jumped out at you as being particularly... Mike Jones. Mike back Jones, then, man. <laughs> showing up at Blockbuster, I was like, yes. I mean, I still listen to back then. I still Dude. listen to Mike Jones. I'm just going to say it. Wait, who? Mike Jones. <laughs> Mike motherfucking Jones. 281 <laughs> I think every white dude in their 20s or 30s knows that phone number. That, that Houston chopped and screwed era of hip-hop was, yeah. was important to me. God, no, yeah, I definitely. Um, I like the Rolling Stones song, Monty Man. It's playing as Ari's like speeding back to the agency and he's on the phone with Lloyd. Lloyd, pack up all my files. Pile everything you see into a box. Everything. You see a used condom, an executioner's mask, and a goddamn spike paddle. Don't think. Just pack that bitch. Chop suey. I'm a pretty 15 
any any Rolling Stones in, in the show is great. Um, and then for once in my life, I mean, I I loved Dud Allen's like ability to weave in like a classic rock song towards the end of the show to to end on a high note and leave you feeling unlifted. Yeah. Absolutely. I felt like that one was would be an obvious choice, but I wanted to find, I, was, I went through it and I was like, <laughs> let me find something a little more subtle here that you might not pick up on the first watch. And Back Then by Mike Jones is nothing short of subtle. Exactly. All the uh, <laughs> songs we just talked about are on the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Spotify playlist, guys. A link to download and listen to that is in the show notes of today's episode, so go take a listen. This is a this is a category I might be phasing out, but uh, we like to talk every week about the outfits that the guys and the the cast members wear. And this is two thousand five, so you know outfits do not age well. Um, I don't know. I feel un, I feel like we're unnecessarily picking on things that they had no control over. But what, what, any outfits jump out at you as being particularly bad? Drama's always dressed kind of shitty, in my yeah. opinion. But like that, I think that's an obvious one. When E comes in and stands in front of the TV, he's wearing these super baggy jeans mm-hmm. and like a t shirt, which. On the surface, doesn't sound like that bad, but he looks like fucking Lance Bass, like back in the NSYNC like music video days. He looks horrendous. And yeah, he's at home. I guess he can wear whatever he wants. But I, I noticed that and I was like, God damn, you look stupid as hell. <laughs> and, but like, I probably wore those jeans back then too. Like, I'm sure we all look stupid. As oh hell yeah, at the time we're all like, yeah, yeah fuck yeah, I want to be E. <laughs> yeah, no, 100. Um, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna give a special shout out to Turtles. Kevin Garnett, McDonald's All-American jersey when they're going into Cartier to buy watches. Yeah, I love that though. I love that. I was like, I was like, I could, I could see a reason to pick this, but I actually love it. No, I've, I've always said like, it's very easy to point to Turtle every week as being the worst dress, but Turtle is owning. He's like embodying what he was back then, which oh, is yeah. just kind of this like he's hitting cultural icons, scuzzy dude from New York who's just like kind of hanging out and like tatting along with his yeah. much more famous friend. Absolutely, he's not changing. He's doing him. You got to respect that. So the outfits don't age well, and some of the references don't age well either. So you mentioned it earlier, but just Blockbuster being in this is like, you know, five years from now, most people watching Entourage are like, what's Blockbuster? Right, right. And then the flip phones, too. Yeah. You know, taking pictures of that. I mean, if this was, you know, 2019, you're getting a full array of dick pics. Yeah. You're getting HD video. I mean, Spy Cam, Find My iPhone is locked and loaded. Oh, 100%. We'd like to talk about how the episode would be different if it aired in 2019, but... I mean, they wouldn't spot them at a blockbuster. Vince would like come across at a DM from Chris on Mandy's phone or right, something like right, that. Exactly. Right, exactly. Like it would, it would it would all happen in a much more compact, quick way. Right, an iMessage would pop up on the computer because you've got them linked to your phone or some <laughs> like shit. A dumbass. Um, yeah. And Mandy and Chris wouldn't go to Blockbuster. They'd be like Netflix and chilling. Totally. Um, I also thought that like Turtle and Drama following them around um, as they go like run errands is kind of funny because I wouldn't. I can't picture anyone going to like Gucci and Blockbuster now, even celebrities. It yeah. just seems like. And then stalking someone in a yellow Hummer. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. I like to talk about like moments that maybe are like a little uh, unbelievable or, or continuity error type stuff. And I think the worst part is when Drama and Turtle are parked outside Mandy's apartment or outside of her house and Vince and E drive by and Vince goes, Was that our car? Yo, we filed them all morning. Great. Don't worry, they didn't suspect a thing. I'm dropping Vince off at Mandy's now, guys. Good. She just arrived home. Where are you? Up to your left. Was that our car? I gotta go. And it's like, yeah, dude, you you own one of five Hummers in LA. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, really? (laughs) You don't think that's your car? I mean, come on. You basically made eye contact with your brother. (laughs) And you're just, you're that clueless? You don't... I wasn't buying that. Johnny Drama. Let's talk about drama a little bit. Um... 
he has some incredible moments in this episode. As always, he had kind of a down episode last week, so I'm, I'm kind of glad he's like back with the forest. What were some of your, your favorite drama episodes, drama moments from this episode? Yeah, I mean, he says, uh, and they just happened to be leaving together? Yeah, that's what happens at Gucci. You buy a pair of shoes and they let you fuck your ex-fiance. I mean, drama's full of like, he's he's sad but he's real yeah like he actually embodies most of hollywood yeah like kind of washed up or like never quite got there or like had a cameo in some d-list like sitcom so i think he's one of the guys who keeps everyone grounded in the fact that you know next to this star there's a shitload of mediocrity yeah or nobodies yeah and Drama's like constantly trying to remain relevant and try to be younger than he actually is. So yeah. the way he dresses, the way he talks, so the references he makes, they're all a little off and that just causes the rest of the crew to laugh at him. And, uh, and you're right. I, I completely agree with you. He's, I said on an earlier episode, he's the like definition of the classic like theater image, like the, cry, the, the smiling face and the crying face. Oh, he's yeah. like both at the same time, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And he does a great job of like, of that through the entire series. Yep. She's stepping out on baby bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, they walked out of Cartier with their watches and Drama's looking at his watch and he does it. It's 7.35 a.m. in Senegal. That's great, Drama. And 7.53 in Crete. Minutes don't change, Drama. Only the hour. Yeah, like you've ever been to Crete. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's written so well and he's just such a comedic character that... Yeah, classic. Um, and then his whole thing with like... He's been cheated on so many times he can't even keep count. This ain't his first rodeo. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm two cars back. What do you want from me? Always keep two-fifths of a block between you and your subject. Oh, what? Have you done this before, Drama? Too many times, Daryl. Too many times. Oddly specific. Yeah, oddly specific. (laughs) Finally, when they're parked in the blockbuster parking lot, Turtle just looks over at him very earnestly and is like, How many times you been cheated on, Drama? Too many, Colonel. Too many. Before we're, we're moving quick, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rush through this. This is such an epic episode of Entourage. It like, it kind of distinguishes itself as like a turning point. Ari breaks off on his own. Vince breaks away from Mandy, and, and like from here, it all goes up. And uh, and I think that's really awesome. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about some behind the scenes stories for this episode. So Dodd Allen told Fraser Tharp. Fraser Tharp was our guest for last week's episode. Uh, Season 2, episode 12, Good Morning, Saigon. Fraser Tharp's a writer at Complex. He had an opportunity to sit down with Dodd Allen and asked him about his favorite episode from this season. And this is the episode. He said that it was the first script he handed into executives at HBO, and the executives hated it. But Jeremy Piven called him and said this is one of the best scripts he'd ever read, he'd ever read. So there was a lot of this weird, like, unhappiness, happy thing, and he got a phone call saying that it had been nominated for an Emmy. So it kind of, like affirmed everything that he'd feared about it like everything he feared was like i I, maybe i'm not understanding this i thought we were in a good space but stripped on nominated for an emmy and he says i honestly remember like it was yesterday i have a lot of problems with this was the comment i'd received and he he didn't change it all that much but he second guessed himself a bunch and then after this second season aired he didn't get any more notes from hbo it's crazy how that works in the creative process when you go through something you feel good about it and then you talk to one person who says yeah not not for me and you're like fuck, what have I done? Yeah. How do I fix this? And then the truth is, if he had asked 99 other people, they'd be like, holy shit. Yep. This is incredible. Yep. He said it was the quickest script he's ever written. It just kind of flowed out at him. Jeremy Piven loved it. The director, Julian Farino, loved it. It just was this one executive at HBO got in his head and brought him really down about it. But it was nominated for an Emmy. The best content comes quickly. I'm not going to lie. You get a moment of inspiration. It's just, you spit it out on the page. You're like, fuck yeah. 
So who besides Vince won this episode? He can win every week, obviously. He's the A-list movie. Although he didn't win at all this week. No, like, he Even didn't. if he was in contention to win, he didn't win. He did win. not. He did not. It's Lloyd. It's Lloyd, it's 100%. Lloyd. It's yeah. got to be Lloyd. I mean, this is the Lloyd coming out party, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he We're in San Francisco. We can say that. It's yeah. Pride Weekend. It's Pride Weekend. <laughs> Best party of the year, Pride Parade. Facts. Um, he makes the impassioned speech to Ari in his driveway. He does so much more in this episode than he's done all season, and, and it's it's only gets better for Lloyd from here. Yeah, it sets the tone that Ari actually needs Lloyd. Yeah. And I think Ari knows it. I mean, this is the pivotal moment. He's going to, he's, you know, doing the Jerry Maguire. He's fucking out. <laughs> Who's coming with? Yeah. Lloyd's coming with. Lloyd, are you with me? <laughs> um, I also, I mean, I guess runner-up might be Ari. Granted, he gets fired, but the moments he has throughout the episode, whether it's the Jerry Maguire speech, the meltdown in the garage is fucking hysterical. He hits that wall legitimately hard. It, like, the sound it makes made me, like, shiver. Yeah, I was like, oh, <sighs> damn, he was not, he did not, like, take it easy on that wall. I wonder wall. if he actually hurt his hand. I think he did. <laughs> yeah? I mean, I think the way he acted, I mean, he's obviously a great actor, so I, I don't actually know. But his reaction to that, the build of a fuck, fuck, oh, dude. Like I felt that. Fuck! Ah! Fuck! Fuck! Every week we award each episode with a rating: A list, B list, or D list. Basically, was this a great episode, just an okay episode, or is it complete trash? What do you think, corporate? I'm going to say it's an A minus episode. That's exactly what I have. I mean, it's a it's a great episode. It's a pivotal episode. It sets the tone for the future. It's it's not number one. Yeah. It, it it's I and it's hard to say. Part of it's the Mandy Moore yeah. component of it to yeah. me. Vince kind of being a little bitch, um, but it it's a really important episode. Also, it lacks a little bit in terms of what a, like a classic entourage episode has, which right. is like cool locations and and a, and a nice celebrity cameo, which. If you consider Mandy more the celebrity cameo, that like definitely knocks it down a peg. But uh, Vince is a little bit of a, a sad sack this episode, and yeah. so like th- those kind of things counting against it put it in the A minus range. But it's still a classic episode. Yeah, it's one that everyone remembers, but it's not one that anyone says like, "Oh, that's in my top five Entourage episodes." Right, right. It, it's it's kind of like the argument of most valuable player is that actually the best player or the most valuable player, yeah. right? I mean, this is a really good episode. It's an important episode, but it's not the best episode. Yeah. So we had the Chad Goes Deep Dies on earlier this season um, in episode two when we talked about my Maserati does 185. And J.T. Parr from Chad Goes Deep offered me the question of, in my life's entourage, what character am I closest to? So I've been posing that question to all of my guests. If entourage was real life, what character do you think you're the closest to, corporate? And be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest and say that I've got like a, a mix of a few in Let's there. Let's hear it. Um, I often feel like drama. You know, I'm like a, I'm like a D-list z-list instagrammer but i'm also like professionally i'm i'm sort of ari in the sales game love it you know it, man. I'm, I'm rolling you know dropping big numbers <laughs> negotiating deals everything that ari does is a negotiation whether it's coming down to the fucking conference room or not you embarrass me in front of my troops rules are rules i apologize i appreciate that now come up you come down Conference room, neutral territory. 115. Done. I feel that in a big way. You know, then there's the E component. Like, I can kind of be a little bitch sometimes. <laughs> you know? I'm definitely not Vince. I think that's the goal. Yeah. Just to be, be Vince. I kind of want to be a, a cross between Vince and Ari. Um, but I love it because there's, there's just elements where I'm like, God, I feel you right now. With a lot of the characters. Vince is the only one that I really don't 
feel. Is it safe to say that a lot of your mannerisms and personality is was inspired in some way by Ari Gold? Oh yeah. I mean, he's the mo- he's the model <laughs> negotiator of like what we want to be, big dick, you know, agent. Yeah. Right? He's basically the only person in the show that like is succeeding at all times. Like yeah, he okay, he goes through some marital problems, he gets fired here or there. And, and you don't feel bad for him. No, no, but like it's because he's he's pressing at all times. He's pressing so hard to close the deal, to get the movie to He's he's always working and, and it really like comes through in Piven's performance and uh, it's fantastic. He crushes it. Crushes you crushed this episode of Oh Yeah Oh Yeah Corporate. Thank you for having us. Uh, stop it. Thank you for stopping by, man. You stop it. Well, appreciate it. It's great to be here. Absolutely glad to do it live in the home, San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. Let's it's go. really easy since you don't live that far from me. So uh, we'll About definitely make five it happen. minutes from you. In fact, perfect. Where uh, where can the listeners of Oh Yeah follow you and, and watch your shit? Well, the uh, best place is on Instagram at corporate dot bro. Important to put that dot in there because Instagram won't let me fucking change my name, even though no one has it. I don't get it. <laughs> You know, you can go on YouTube as well or LinkedIn if you really want to see some professional people get, you know, their panties in a bunch. It's a great spot where I like to troll people. Um, but yeah, pretty much any of the major uh, video sites, Instagram, YouTube, and then the Dark Horse LinkedIn. This was a lot of fun. We're definitely going to have you back corporate. Have a great Pride weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you, you soon. You know I will. You know I will. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Thanks. <laughs>